spiritual realities. We've been talking about spiritual realities. And I told you that life is spiritual. Somebody say, life is spiritual. Lift up your two hands and say, life is spiritual. spiritual. Hallelujah. If you say that, you need to understand that everything that happens to you takes its source from the spirit. So there is nothing that will happen to you that is not orchestrated in the spiritual realm. Hallelujah. And, and, and for those who were here in the prayer camp, and when we release those uh, audios, you must, understand, you must listen to it. The function of prayer, how through prayer we reorganize and reshape the spiritual world. That is very important for you to understand that God gave you a tool uh, to reorganize. And I told you in the prayer that prayer has the ability to reach to your future, to your past, and to your current moment. Because God gave you that tool so that you may be able to be part, participator of what he's doing in the spirit. Hallelujah. Somebody say prayer. prayer. Now, for prayer, we are able to move the things that seem unmovable. Hallelujah. So, so spiritual reality. So you are a partaker of spiritual realities. But there is something that you need to understand that we call the law of ignorance. The law of ignorance in the spirit. Now, that law of ignorance, when it applied in your life, it deprives you from accessing, accessing the thing that God wants to give you. Uh, because Jesus, God may be moving, but through the power of ignorance that blinds you, you might not know what is happening. So you might be sitting in a place and missing on what God is doing. Hallelujah. It's not because you are here that you are partaker. No, your physical presence does not mean you are here. So, 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 so there is a law that is called the law of ignorance. Have you realized that Satan is called the prince of darkness? Now, the word darkness is the word ignorance. It means that Satan takes advantage of those who don't know. Yes. He works through ignorance. His, one of his powerful weapons is ignorance. When you don't know, you don't know. Hallelujah. When we are ignorant, we break spiritual laws. Because we, are, we don't know. Look, in the book of 2 Samuel... 2 Samuel chapter number 6, verse 6 to 7. I don't want to read because of time. 2 Samuel 6, 6 to 7. There was a man called Uzzah. Hallelujah. And Uzzah, when the ark of the Lord was being transported to the city of David, the Bible says the ark was on the bulls, on animals. And the, the, the animals came and they stumbled and the ark was falling. Uzzah tried to reach out to keep the ark from falling and God was angry with him and Uzzah died. Uzzah was well-meaning, but he was ignorant of the fact that he was not supposed to touch the ark. So, so it's not just your good intention that will save you. Because sometimes your good intentions are in opposition to what God is doing. Uh, because sometimes good intentions can manipulate people into what going away from God. Let me tell you something. You know, I told about the story of Joseph. Joseph was uh, taken as a, he was sold to the Ishmaelites. And the Ishmaelites went to Egypt and sold Joseph to Potiphar. Hallelujah. Joseph was in the house of Potiphar. 
uh, Jacob was crying for Joseph, and Joseph was already a slave in the house of Potiphar. Now, good intention means this. Good intention means that I'm going to smuggle Joseph out of Egypt to bring him to his father. But God's will was not for Joseph to come back to his father. So a man that was ignorant, if you are ignorant, you can go and play the brave to save Joseph back to his father. While God is doing something else. So through ignorance, we can find ourselves in God's way. Yes. Ignorance can lead you to be in a opposition to even the God you are worshiping. Because sometimes God is doing something and you jump by your, your compassion. You jump in between to try to prevent it. The compassion of Peter nearly prevented Jesus to go to the cross. Oh, because Peter says, no, not far from you, master. He was meaning well. He felt this cannot happen to you. You are a good man. But Jesus did not listen to Peter because he knew that Peter was ignorant of God's plan. You see, ignorance can cause you uh, to try to help people where you were not supposed to help them. Yes. Yes. Because sometimes God is busy with something. So, so Satan works with ignorance. Hallelujah. Say he works with ignorance. Mm -hmm. The apostle Paul revealed to us something. I want us to read this one in 2 Corinthians chapter number 2 verse 10. 2 Corinthians 2 10. From 10 to 11 actually. 2 Corinthians chapter number 2 verse 10 to 11. He said, now whom we forgive, now whom you forgive anything, I also forgive. For if indeed I have forgiven anything, I have forgiven that one for your, that one for your sake. I think something like that. For your sake in the presence of God. Let's go to this next year. Least Satan should take advantage of us for we are not ignorant of his devices. So sometimes when you are ignorant of certain devices, it takes advantage of you. Now, Paul was talking about the law of forgiveness. Now, people think that if I don't forgive, it's my right because the person offended me. But that's pure ignorance. Because when you are not forgiving, you are opening up yourself to the demonic invasion. You see, when you can't let go of something, you are on the brink of witchcraft. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Witchcraft is to be unable to let go of the offense. So what happens is that you, you say, I'm not a witch. Yes, you are not a witch, but you have opened a door for the spirit of witchcraft to work through you without knowing it. Because you are ignorant of certain devices. You don't understand that Satan cannot operate if he does not have a body, if he does not have cooperation here on earth, he needs an agreement. So if Satan wants to destroy somebody, he will, choose, he will choose you so that you may take offense. And offense becomes a legal ground for which to stand to destroy that person. So you think you have done nothing, but before God, you are also a witch. Somebody listen to me. Somebody, when you are ignorant of certain, certain devices, you do things thinking that you are right. Yeah, thinking you are right. 
You are things against people in your heart. And you think it's normal because they hurt you. And this is normal, but you have opened yourself to be a door. Because Satan needed a, a legal permission to enter. Yes. And even when it comes through manipulation, manipulation is still a legal door because when he manipulates you, you need to accept the manipulation before he can do it. He said, we are not ignorant of certain devices. You need to learn the spiritual principle through which Satan operates in your life. Yes. 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 When you have, when you have jealousy, you become a door. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. When, you, when, when you, 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 you can't let go, like I say, of things, you become a door. So you become a powerful door for Satan in the kingdom. Because you are among us, but you are not with us. So today, you need to let go of everything that stands between you and other people. Yes, yes, yes. I'm not even talking about God. I'm talking about you and people. John put it this way. He said, how can you claim that you love God that you don't see? Why you don't love people that you see? What kind of love is that? It's easy for us to worship a God that we don't see because he's not staying with us. But if I bet you, if God has to stay for, with you in a, for a week, at the end of a week, you will tell him, it's enough. <laughs> do you know why? Because he's overseeing you all the, everything you do. When you are talking, he's there. When you are sleeping, he's there. At the end, you say, this is, this is freaking me out. Can you, can you please leave me alone? But because we don't have that connection... It's easy for us to stand Sunday morning and lie to him. My God, my God, my God. But God has said, I'm reproducing myself in the natural. Through men, let's make men in our image, in our own likeness. So whenever you see a man, you see God. So whenever you despise a man, you despise God. Mm-hmm. Whenever you abuse a man, you abuse God. Whenever you abuse a woman, you abuse God. Don't you know that you have a temple of the Holy Ghost that dwells in you? Spiritual realities. So Christians don't know that they are breaking all the protocols. You gossip about God in front of God. Because it's... Come on back. Let us make men in our own image, in our likeness, and let them have dominion. So God said, let's make men like us. John 1.12 says, to all who believe in him, he give them power to become reproduction of God. So whenever I'm mistreating a fellow brother, I'm mistreating God. It revealed to us in the book of Acts chapter, Acts chapter 9. This is Paul or Saul of Tarsus that was beating up Christians. He was chaining them. He even approved the death of Stephen. And the Bible says that one day he was on the road of Damascus. Acts chapter number 9. He was on the road of Damascus and he was going to arrest Christians. And when he was on the road, the Bible says a light 
son. And he heard a voice and he said, Soul, soul, why are you persecuting who? Me. But Saul was not persecuting him. Saul was persecuting the Christians. But the man that reveals himself to Saul, he said, you are persecuting me. And Saul said, let's have an identification here. Who are you? Because I know who I'm persecuting. But you, I don't know. He said, I am Jesus of what? Nazareth. Do you understand the, the, the depth of that answer? He connects himself to earth. He didn't say, I'm Jesus from heaven. He said, I am Jesus from Nazareth. But by the time he was talking, he was not staying in Nazareth anymore. But he, for, he didn't forget his origin. Ha! Let us make men in our image and our own likeness. So Jesus of Nazareth was being persecuted through the Christians. It means that when Paul was beating the Christians, he was beating Jesus. So let's bring it to us. Whenever I mistreat a Christian, who am I mistreating? But Sunday I say, I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice to worship you, oh my soul. Rejoice, take joy, my King, in what you hear. You are lying. Your tongue is lying. Because your action shows that you are lying. Mm-hmm. So you need to understand. He said we are not ignorant of his devices. So we need to learn the devices. And learning the devices does not mean we learn Satan, we, we, we study Satan. It means we study the word. Because, let me tell you something. If you want to know fake money, you don't study the fake. You study the original. So that the day the fake touches your heart, you know the difference. So if you, <laughs> when you study, you don't study the fake, you study the right, the right one. So that when the fake comes, you know. So you need to study the word of God to know, who am I? Because this word is displaying you. So if something is not in the character of who you are, you don't buy into it. So when you see hatred is not part of God, so it's not part of me. Jealousy is not part of God, so it's not part of me. But the fruit of the spirit, gentleness, love, kindness, it's part of me because it's part of God. Me and God, we have become one. Let me move on because of time. Hmm. Listen, what Paul said to the people in 1 Corinthians 12.1. He said, concerning spiritual gift, I do not want you to be ignorant. Remember, we are talking about the law of ignorance now. He said, I do not want you to be ignorant. It means that you can be ignorant of a spiritual gift. So if you are ignorant of a spiritual gift, they won't work in you. They won't work. No, it's impossible. Every church that rejects spiritual gift does not move in spiritual gift. Every person that rejects the, 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 the mysteries of gifting in the spirit is not partaker of it. You see, I'm standing here giving word of knowledge. Some people are standing there, he's making it up. You will never be partaker of that. 
Why? Because you despise the very principle of what God is doing. You need to, you see, don't be ignorant about spiritual gifts. It means you need to know that they are spiritual gifts. You need to know the, the working of spiritual gifts. You need to know how the gift of miracle works. Then it will work in your life. You need to study the spiritual gift to understand the gift of discernment. How does it work? The gift of miracle. How does it work? The gift of prophecy. How does it work? The gift of, of interpretation of tongue. How does it work? All these gifts are working together, but we don't know their operation. We don't even know when a miracle, when a gift of miracle is working for us. We don't know if the gift of healing working for us and we are trusting God to heal the sick, but you don't even know what it is. Concerning spiritual gift, I ask you not to be ignorant. So you need to be at the cutting edge of this thing so that when you stand, you may know with confidence that now I'm moving into the realm of word of knowledge. Now I'm moving into the realm of prophecy so that you will not confuse yourself with what you are doing concerning spiritual gifts. I don't want you to be ignorant. I want you to go back to your Bible and study spiritual gifts. And as the Holy Ghost, teach me how they work. You can study in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. You will see that. You will see that spiritual gifts work sometimes. They work always, but we don't understand. That's why sometimes we don't see the working. I can feel sometimes when I pray for people, I can feel the anointing leaving my body to him. I understand how spiritual gifts work. Sometimes I'm praying for them in the phone. I can feel the anointing of God leaving me. And I say to the person, you are healed. And the person says, I'm still vomiting. I say, you are healed. Because at that moment, I felt the presence. I felt the power streaming from me to him. Jesus said, I know somebody has touched me. Because I perceive power has gone out of me. And you know that? That power leaves you to somebody else. How do I know? And I said to Gav, stand up, it's time. It's not magic. It's because I could feel the move in my, in my belly. I could feel in my spirit that this is a breaking point for me. So I announce it and it takes place. Concerning spiritual gifts. I don't want you to be ignorant. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, Second law, the law of prophecy for today is the second law. The law of prophecy. Somebody say the law of prophecy. Lift up your hands, say the law of prophecy. Hallelujah. The law of prophecy works like the prophecy is a system in the spirit that announces unseen realities in order to inform men of a presence. Can I say it again? Prophecy is a system in the kingdom or in the spirit that announces unseen realities in order to inform men of their presence. Hallelujah. Prophecy announces unseen realities in order to inform men of their presence. That is a tool in the spirit. Prophecy also is to unveil the unseen realities and make them real to men. Hallelujah. Prophecies, listen, by prophecy, we can tell what is going to happen. But what is going to happen is not what is going, is not going to happen. It has happened. 
Because when you move in the spiritual, in the spiritual realm, there is no timing. When you are in the, in the eternity time, there is no timing there anymore. There is no kairos there. There is no, there is no let's say, chronos there anymore. It means that everything lies bare before you. So in the spirit, everything is already there. So, this is how prophecy works. Prophecy is like watching a replay of a game. It's already played. It's like you are watching again the final of world, the past World Cup. When you are watching it, you are not emotional anymore because you know. A man with his senses does not work with emotion because he is knowing man. So prophecy activates you to the realm of the spirit for you to know the things that are freely given to you. Given to you. Look, when Agabus, in the book of uh, Acts chapter number 11, when Agabus came and announced the famine, let me tell you something, the famine has already taken place. But Agabus saw it. Let me pause here and tell you something. There's coming a time, and listen to my voice, where there will be the spirit of famine in the land and in the world. Bread will be very expensive. Yes. You will need the wisdom of God to navigate through the storms that are coming. I'm not talking about Corona and all this stuff. I'm talking about crisis. Let me say it here. We need to look at other alternatives. We need to look at other alternatives on supplying food. Hallelujah. People who fight for bread. But it's not a bad news because through that God will give wisdom how to avert it. I have an answer already. I will not give it to you. I told my wife. I said, this is what God is saying. Hallelujah. Amen. But we will need. Remember I told you in the beginning of the year that some African countries are going to start to disconnect from the colonial powers. Who was here? Okay, and I told you about some countries where things will be hot. It's hot there. And I'm telling you again that you will need wisdom in the time to come. My prayer is that you may go before God and say, Lord, what do we have to do? Just ask that question. So Agabus prophesied the famine and the people heed the voice of Agabus. And they started to collect food because they knew time are going to be tough. But Agabus saw through the window of time. Famine was not there yet, but Agabus saw it coming. 
It means famine was a messenger. You don't understand what I'm saying. Famine was a messenger. It was coming. You know, in the olden days, they stand at the, door, at the, at the, at the tower of a city gate. And then they look, and when the enemy is coming, they blow the alarm or they sound the trumpet, and the people get ready. The prophecy, a prophet is somebody on the tower. And he sees the messengers coming. Some messengers are not messengers of God. He sees a messenger coming, and he blows the alarm and sounds the trumpet in the kingdom, and people say, he's a false prophet. And then what happened? It catches them by surprise. The first prophecy I released nationally was in Ivory Coast. When God showed me that there would be a war in Ivory Coast and the country would be divided into two. When I spoke that word, they, they took me out of the pulpits because they say, I'm terrorizing the people. I had a meeting in the office when the service was going on. They dropped me from the pulpit. They took me to the office to question me. And as true as I tell you, it was just a few months and the war took place. It exactly as the Lord said, the country was split into two north and south. People didn't believe. That night when the war started, everybody was trying to reach me from my small cell phone. You said it. You said it. I said, I didn't say anything. I'm trying to tell you people that prophecy is not for joke. It's a tool in the spirit. And we need to understand how prophecy works. Prophecy is not going to people, oh, God says, God says, God says, God says. These are God says, God says, God says, God says. What is God saying? Prophecy is not for amusement. Where at any time, God is saying that. It's, it's a real thing. It's not about gathering your people and just prophesying over them. No, this is a serious business. You have a word for you. And yourself, you don't have a word for yourself. Somebody say prophecy is a real thing. We need real prophet to arise in the kingdom. We need real prophet to arise. I'm not talking about, uh, can I go deeper? I'm talking about real prophets. Yes, you must listen to my voice this morning. I'm not talking about jokers. I'm not talking about somebody that can tell you what you ate last night. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a voice in the land that's able to shift things around. Somebody that can stand on the tower and say it is coming, but that says the Lord. We have made ourselves a crowd of prophets. And all they can tell us is what is your name? Where are you staying? What did you eat? Where are you falling? That's what they can say. But they cannot call people to, from wickedness to righteousness. They fail to address the wickedness of the heart of people. And because in the last day, the Bible says, people will cover themselves teachers and will tell them what they want to hear. So the prophet will come in. Money is coming to you. Yo, that all is happening. That's a, there is no repent therefore and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus for the remission of your sins. So at every corner we have a prophet and the prophet is measured by the size of his ring and the size of his shoe. 
and by the building he, 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 he owns overseas, and that the, by, the, by, the, by the, the price of his church. But God is bringing the church back to the real thing. But you have a responsibility. You have a responsibility to reject what is not God and to accept what is God. As long as we were running after what is not God, it will prosper. To come back to God. I said we need to come back to God. We need to come back to God. The lifestyle of a prophet needs to align with his message. Yes. One of the signs of false prophets is greediness. My God, my God, my God, help us. Help us, help us, help us. When you see a prophet, and all he's talking about is his car, his house, his possession, run away from him. If all he can boast is what he owns, run away from him. And I'm not saying that a man of God should not be blessed. A man of God should be blessed. But let your blessing be between you and God. Your Facebook. Come on now, come on now, come on now, come on now, come on now. You, you, you eat banana, it's on Facebook. You are eating a cake, it's on Facebook. Your breakfast is on Facebook. What are you looking for? You're looking for the acceptance of men. You are not looking for the praise of God. You are looking for the praise of men. That's why you are so much slave. Oh, the Lord has blessed me. And we see the wrong voice on Facebook. What is the wrong voice doing on Facebook? Facebook. Facebook. They are not real. Dancing on Facebook. What are you doing? Are you living for men or are you living for God? I'm praying that God may arise a man in your life that can shut those things down. As for me and my house, we shall worship the Lord. Not as for me and my Facebook friend, as for me. My God, help us, help us, help us, help us here. Help us. Okay, Leon challenge. Let me finish. Hey, 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 hey. The last, the last spiritual reality that I want to talk about is praise. And that's where we feel praise. Somebody say praise. praise. Lift up your hands, say praise. praise. Lift up your hands, say praise. praise. You need to understand this. You need to understand this. That praise, praise is a, a mystery in the spirit. Praise is a mystery. Say praise is a mystery. Praise. You need to understand that we are not worshiping God so that he can, we are not praising him so that he can move. So that's not why we praise him. But praise is a mystery. It means that although I'm not worshiping him, to, so I'm not praising him so that he can move. But whenever I praise, he moves. Yes. Look, in 2 Chronicles chapter number 20, verse 14 to 17, the Bible says that the people were in trouble. And Jehoshaphat went before God. And the prophet of God stood up and said to Jehoshaphat, you will have a victory. 
Now, what I like is in verse 24, they say after Joseph had consulted with the people, they decided to arrange singers because they knew that the, the, the word of the prophet is true, but there need to be an activation on earth in order for that word to be manifested here on earth. And praise will be the tool in the hands that will open the way so that the victory of the heavens can come on earth. Because there is a victory in the heavenlies and there is a victory on earth. If you are not careful, you will enjoy good moments with God, but you will be depressed here on earth. Because there needs to be a connection so that what you experience in heaven may be on earth. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So there needs to be a connection between heaven and earth. And praise is the a, is a, is a instrument that opens the spiritual gate so that what is loaded in the spirit can come in the natural. That praise. Say praise. praise. Oh, 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 thank you, Jesus. Paul and Silas, they were in prison. Listen, in the book of Acts 16, when they arrested them, God didn't say anything. When they beat them, it did not move God. When they put them in jail, it didn't move God. Until midnight. Until midnight. They say at midnight, when they started to praise, when they started to praise, they were not praising so that God can come. They were praising because they were faithful regardless. So when they praised, there was an activation in the spirit. And that activation made the way for the move of God to come into the prison. And can I submit to you that God cannot be jailed? So when God comes in the prison, the foundation of the prison has to shake. And listen, listen to what happened. They say the chains of the prisoner broke, not the chains of Paul and Silas. Not just the chains of Saul and Silas. All the people, even those who were not praising, got their deliverance. I say even those who are not praising, God will deliver. So your praise has the ability to set people free. That they, yeah, 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 yeah. So, you need to understand that when you are praising, you are establishing an atmosphere for God to move. So that that praise may be a, a, a means for God to move in the situation. And everybody around you will be blessed by what you are doing. I'm telling you people, don't allow Satan to steal your praise. Don't allow him to steal your joy. Don't allow him to close your mouth. Don't hang your guitar on the wall. My brother, pick up that guitar and start to mix. My daughter, don't let that viola or violin, whatever it is, don't let it hang on the wall until Sunday. Whenever something is happening, begin to take your feet and start to release a sound in the atmosphere. And that sound will cause the spirit realm to connect to the natural because praise becomes an altar. My God. Praise becomes an altar. And I told you about the system of altars. The system of altars are interpoint, interpoint on earth. That when you make an altar, you invite spirits. That's why when they make a demonic altar, demons come. But a praise is a spiritual altar. So when you are praising, you are making contact, You're making contact with the realm of God. So that God will not be able to sit on his throne. You will have to move and do something about your praise. Look in the book of Psalm 34. He said, I will bless the Lord at all times. 
and his praise shall continually be on my lips. Do you think this man does not have problems? He say at all. Somebody say at all. Somebody say at all. I praise the Lord at all. And his praise shall continually be on my lips. It means praise is a function of your mouth. You need to release the pipe in your throat. The musical pipe that God has installed in your throat. You can sound like a frog, but that's not the problem. You can sound like anything else, but that's not the problem. We are not in a music context here. We are here as a heaven activation. And oh my God, help me, help me, help me. And when I know the key, I have to praise God. Because I know when I praise, I'm lifting him up. And when I lift him up, he will come and, 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 and meet me in my situation. He will visit me wherever I am. Because praise attracts the move from heaven. Praise is like a fragrance that goes from your altar into the throne of God. Where God smells that fragrance. And he sent the angel to go and check what is happening in that house. And God comes and here you are praising the Lord at all times. And the joy of the Lord comes back to your heart. Doesn't matter the situation. Doesn't matter the situation. I saw my father praising God when my sister died. And I thought he was crazy. I thought, oh, you can't praise now. It's not the right time, Dad. We need to cry. And the man was not crying, and he was praising, and he said one word. He said, my sister's name was Mary. He said, I will meet Mary again. I will meet Mary again. So she has gone ahead of us. I'm celebrating her life. And the man started to sing. Then, no, not knowing that a year later he will go. But he was praising the Lord before the body of his daughter. How many people have the stamina to praise God in front of difficulties? We voice our complaints more than we voice our praise. We voice our inabilities more than we voice our praise. And this morning, we'll finish with a song of praise. Hey! Yes! Yes! We'll finish with that. Because God is on the throne. And while we are praising, my God, Kadabosha, God, Mahaha, what happened to Paul eh, shall happen to you. The father. No need for me to lay hands on you because the foundation of your prison will. I trust somebody is here and hungry for God. I trust there is somebody in the house that needs a shaking in his heart. That needs a shaking somewhere. I, I. God, help me. Help me, help me. And while you are praising, leave the bitterness on the altar. My God, my God, my God, my God. Why you are praising? Leave a frustration on the altar. I, I, I don't know what your wife or your husband or your partner or your friend did to you, but it's a setup to pull you back. You need to acknowledge that this is a setup to... I, I, I will not allow it to pull me back. I say I will not allow it to pull me back. I decide to arise. Arise and shine for your light. Watch the team go in front. While they are going... Let's do the offering because the offering is part of the action of praise. Oh my God. I hope I have people in this house. I have people. Okay, Leon, I finished at 35, so you see. I beat your challenge. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm telling you, people, this is the answer. I have never seen a praiser going down. No. Something sustains him. Yes. Yes, sometimes your mind feels like you are going crazy. But tell your mind, why are you distressed within me? Trust in the Lord. Your financial situation may be a depressing one this morning. Maybe your, your, your work situation may be a depressing this morning. But God is telling you, can you put that on the altar this morning? And praise me as if there is nothing wrong. I say, can you put that on the altar this morning? And praise as if there is nothing wrong. Be like that woman whose son died and went to talk to a prophet. And when they ask her, is everything right? She said, it is well with my... No, you don't check that. You don't check what she said. She didn't say, it is well with me. She said, it is well with my soul. It means that the most important thing is your soul. So, she never said her son didn't die. Oh, she never said that she's not experiencing the pain. But she said she knows how to, where to place her soul. She knows to disconnect her soul from the struggle. So that even when the struggle is there, it is well with my soul. So your body can be in trouble, but it is well my soul. Your house can be in trouble, but it is well with my It might not be well with my house, but it is well with my soul. It might not be well with my husband, but it is well with my... My body might not be well, but it is well with my soul. Hey! Oh, I help her. The anointing of God is upon her. Ha! It is well. It is well. Somebody say it is well. This morning you go out confessing that it is well with my soul. Because God is a keeper of my soul. Therefore, it is well with my soul. Well with my soul. I don't know how to handle myself, but it is well with my soul. I don't know how to handle my boss, but it is well. I do not allow anything to stand on my way of my soul. Watch over your soul more than anything else. For out of your heart proceed the source of life. I'm praying this morning that you may disconnect from earthly reality and connect to the reality. It is well with my soul. I, don't, I couldn't achieve my purpose yet, but it is well with my soul. I want to achieve more, but now it is well with my soul. People are prospering around me. It seems like I'm not prospering, but it is well with my soul. The dead baby was locked up in the house while the mother was going on the street. There needs to be a time in your life where you don't carry your problems everywhere. Woo! There needs to be a time in your life where you lock up that problem and you say, I am going to the Lord. 
And when I'm coming back, you will have life. You don't need to try to raise it. You need to get the one that raised it for you. And as you connect with him, and you come back in that house, life, 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 life. Go with it. May God bless it. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And I want everybody in this house, it doesn't matter who you are. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, man, mamosa. When I was sitting with the Lord, he told me, end up with praise, and I'm going to do wonders among my people.